The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. This is a rapid reaction to Auburn's disappointing 30-22 to loss to South Carolina on Saturday at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia a game in which Auburn uh, not only led nine to nothing after the first quarter, uh, but was dominant at that point and really uh, should have led by more than the two points. It was ahead by the half after a really solid first half with the exception of a couple of interceptions that gift wrapped two touchdowns for South Carolina, but disappointing defeat in a game that uh, was really there for the taking Uh, joined today by Nathan King, my coworker with Auburn Undercover. Nathan, just your general thoughts on this game. It's just just an absolute disaster, really, for Auburn. Yeah, yeah, another game where they start really strong against Arkansas. They got out 17-0, and this one they got out, like you said, 9 to nothing. doesn't seem as big, but if you kind of take a step back and look at everything they did there in the first half, I think over 200 yards of offense. Bo Nix had 170 yards of just himself in the first half. They're averaging almost five yards per run. And the defense was stoning South Carolina whenever South Carolina had to start on its own side of the field. The problem was the turnovers, and that's something we'll get into. Um, I really just think they kind of dug Auburn's hole here. It wasn't the entire reason they lost, but when you, get, when you allow a team to score 21 points off turnovers like you did with South Carolina, and their last one, I mean, they set them up right on the doorstep and they just walked right in. Um, it, basic, it essentially equated to a pick six there at the end. So um, a lot of this is on Bo Nix and, and his throwing those three interceptions. I know one of them kind of was a bobbled a bobble play by Seth Williams, but I uh, know the turnovers buried Auburn in the end. Um, and then their offense and defense, just the past few games, they've started out so hot um, and they were kind of fading down the stretch. I do think the defense kind of uh, gets a, gets a bad rap for it. I think um, the offense doesn't do them a lot of favors with, you know, how fast they get off the field with three and outs and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, it's a, a total train wreck second half really when you think about it Auburn led 16 to 14 in the break and we should point out prop should have been 17 to 14 but went for two after the first touchdown and didn't get it and so it was nine to nothing instead of ten nothing and at the end of the game when Auburn was down uh, eight they were chasing a touchdown and even had they scored and they didn't even come close on the final play we should point out they would have had to go for two just to force overtime so so many things wrong Uh, Let's take a look at some final numbers. Auburn, incredibly, 481 yards of offense. South Carolina, 297. Auburn went into this game averaging only about 327 yards per game. So easily outdid that. The best game for Auburn in terms of yards this year, uh, you know, uh, again, it came down to turnovers. Rushed the ball well, uh, threw the ball well at times, but yet at the end of the game, Bo Nix, was only just over 50%. He was 24-47 for 272 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, 
Tank Bigsby, 16 carries, 111 yards. Auburn rushed for 209 yards on 36 carries. Uh, Seth Williams had four catches for 74 yards, including a big 44-yarder. Uh, but again, it was just the, the turnovers that, uh, that really set the table uh, by giving, by giving uh, South Carolina a terrific field position. I think all three turnovers put them inside Auburn territory, one at the 49, I believe, one at the 24, and then one at the 8. And while that was certainly uh, not a good thing for the defense to have to deal with that kind of, of pressure, Nathan, they didn't deliver. Uh, they gave up touchdowns on all three, and, and defenses that, that are – are worth their weight, uh, hold you to a field goal here and there. But, but sure enough, South Carolina scored touchdowns on each of those drives. Yeah, talking about the stat sheet, that's just what we got done talking to Gus Malzahn about post game. He said, you know, we filled up that stat sheet. Um, they did a lot of good things in this game. This really feels like a different kind of road loss for Auburn than maybe the ones that Auburn fans are used to. Normally, it's like the offense is inept. Um, not necessarily from the get-go, but I mean, it, it, they definitely don't start as hot as they did at the beginning of this one. Bo Nix just slinging it around, completing the ball to seven different receivers there in the first quarter. That, that's not normally what happens. And then like we talked about over the past two games, they've kind of faded down the stretch. Yeah, with the defense, they allowed that one drive, a 75-yard drive where South Carolina marched all down the field. But again, it's hard to overstate, like you, like you said, it's hard to overstate how big those turnovers were because they just set the table. Like you said, they, they allowed South Carolina to just sit right in Auburn territory and get touchdowns after that. Because even at the end of the game, when South Carolina had to drive the field again, Auburn got a stop there. They were driving the field another time, and Auburn got an interception there. So really, I mean, the, the turnovers were the number one thing. Um, Gus Melzon knows his team performed on offense well in spots, in defense, getting the turnover, performing well in spots. But still, you know, we're, we're four games through the season, and now we're looking at a team that has yet to put together a complete performance. You look at the stat sheet, they did a bunch of good things, but they still haven't put A, B, and C all together over the course of 60 minutes. A two-and-two two team, a two-and-two two team, by the way, that easily could be one-and-three, if not for kind of a, 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 let's be honest, a lucky break the previous week against Arkansas uh, with the, uh, the spike at the end of the game that was a fumble and um, and again, not saying that the ruling was incorrect, but obviously that's a fortunate break when your quarterback spikes it behind him. And if there's no whistle blown, who knows who recovers? I mean, you know, so again, Auburn could be sitting at one and three. They go to Ole Miss next week. And as we record this, Ole Miss is struggling. Uh, but again, uh, you know, you look at the total numbers, South Carolina barely, uh, you know, came up with 297 yards. That's not impressive. However, 21 was in the first quarter. So after that, 276 yards over the final three quarters. And really, uh, starting with that final drive of the first half for South Carolina, which again came off of another uh, Auburn turnover, a Bo Nix interception, that was all three of Auburn's turnovers. Starting from that point on, they had very little trouble moving the ball, and Auburn had trouble stopping them. Even the, even the uh, Owen Popo interception in the second half, Nathan, uh, South Carolina really had marched right down the field. And when you take a look at, at some of their drives, and let, let's look at South Carolina's drives in the second half, and it's, it's just, you know, scoring drives of, uh, gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find this now. Of course, you can never find it when you really need it. But second half, uh, let's see if we can find this. The scoring, the scoring drives alone for South Carolina, Nathan, uh, you start with the 11-play 49-yard scoring drive to end the first half. That came off an interception, 11 plays, 49 yards. Then in the second half, they had a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, the one-play drive for eight yards, uh, and then a nine-play drive for 58. But again, when Auburn really could have used some stops, when it was – even after South Carolina took the lead, it was just – you know, Auburn couldn't regain any momentum, and then all of a sudden Auburn couldn't move the ball. 
Uh, and it was just a, yeah, a comedy of errors at, at certain points. I mean, uh, I, I don't really know how, what the good spin is on this game, really. I, I mean, Auburn's start was fine. There were some solid individual performances. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's a loss to a team that is just an okay team, Nathan. Yeah, no, there's, there's not. Um, I think even the Arkansas game, uh, you could kind of take some positives away from it. I mean, it was a win, obviously. You take, that was huge. Um, a win in the SEC this year is going to be difficult to come by. But, no, I mean, this is, this is not the same as the Georgia game where you lose that game and you say, okay, what can we learn from this moving forward? Like you said, this is a game Auburn should have won. And this was a game we talked about during the week. Auburn had its back against the wall. Normally we expect Auburn to kind of step up and perform there, and they did in spots. Again, it's about putting everything together. I think that drive you referenced right before the half, I kind of think back to the first game against Kentucky when Kentucky was knocking on the doorstep about to score. And even though Auburn didn't get the pick six, they still stopped them right there. Auburn players told us after that game, that swung momentum entirely Auburn's way. And Auburn kind of realized in the second half, our defense can stop these guys. We're better than them on both sides of the ball. It had that same kind of feeling to me when South Carolina scored right there before the half, all the momentum was going their way, even though they were trailing by two points going into the half. And then as you referenced with all those stats, South Carolina was feeling that in the second half. They were feeling like they were a better team. Yeah. I mean, look, look, the first Bo Nix interception, that's a gift wrap touchdown. You're giving them the ball on the 29-yard line. You're making it real easy for them. And then the final one, you gave them the ball on the eight-yard line. So that, that is a true gift wrap. But the one right before the half, Auburn led 16-7. to And the interception, which I believe was the pass, uh, the bow uh, made rolling to his left, trying to find Seth Williams, uh, went off Seth, bounced in the air, and, and they picked it up. But that's the 49-yard line. That's not a gift wrap touchdown. That's one where you could still hold. You could hold them to a field goal. You could maybe force a punt, and it changes the whole dynamic of the game. And instead, you have Auburn down uh, only ahead 16-14 to at the half, Nathan. And it it really could have been a game where they were up a minimum of 9 or 10 or 11 points at the half ahead, and that changes the whole dynamic of the game. Also, Nathan, uh, in the final seconds of the opening half, Auburn got to midfield in that range fairly quickly, and there were some clock management issues. Yeah, that was puzzling. A little bit to me um, I think if you're Auburn again you, like you said you got out near midfield and you felt like you were doing some good things it seemed like Auburn uh, again fell victim to the red zone issues again this was not a drive we're talking about stopping at midfield but drives where you string together good plays all right turn turn four or five consistent plays into an entire drive of plays I think that's kind of where Auburn is uh, stubbing its foot right now on offense you talk about the last drive I mean obviously that ended at the nine yard line duh you know that that, that ended the game but Auburn had three other possessions end in the red zone with field goals. Um, and Gus Malzahn said that's something they absolutely cannot do moving forward. Anders Carlson did his job when he needed to. He made those field goals. But again, like you said, you're looking in hindsight now in the game. Auburn was not converting on offense when it felt like it really needed to. And they could have had touchdowns there instead of field goals if they had kept up that same consistency. So, um, you know, the, the tropes from these first few games and kind of the excuses that Auburn has been able to lean on of, okay, we're still working on an offense. We're still figuring things out. Look, they got pretty healthy this game on both sides of the ball. They got a lot of their key players back. Nobody is out because of COVID. So the excuses are kind of starting to fade away in terms of what you can use as a crutch, both on offense and on defense, like you spoke about. That's not the Auburn standard on defense um, for them to be giving up points like that, even when they have a shorter field off of a turnover. Nathan, after one of the interceptions, it looked like that uh, there was some some words on the sideline between quarterback Bo Nix and wide receiver Seth Williams. And, and, you know, there's people talking on the message boards about how the team gave up. I didn't see any quit in the team at all. I saw some fight, but just too much inconsistency. What do you think? 
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, there was a lot of inconsistency, a lot of guys frustrated on the sideline with how they were performing, but that doesn't mean they just hung their head and gave up. That, that Seth Williams, Bo Nix, if I can be completely honest, that blowing up, I, I understand it happening, and ESPN panned to it, of course, it's going to happen. That frustrates me a little bit because you probably see 10 to 15 of those over the course of a game, but you're not zooming into the sideline on the quarterback and the star receiver after that. So we talked to Eli Stowe about that not moments ago um, before I hopped on this podcast, and he said, look, man, that I, I could tell he was a little bit frustrated too that that's kind of not blown up, but it's become at least, at least being any sort of storyline I think is ridiculous because you've got a guy in Seth Williams who's probably Auburn's most competitive player and probably not far behind him is Bo Nix. These are guys that would kill to win. They, they want to win every single game. They want to win every single play. They're extremely yeah. passionate, and they are great friends. We know that over the years. This is just a situation where, look, it's football. It's high-level football. It's a competitive tight game where there was a lot of jawing going on back and forth this was a really high energy game that was tense throughout of course they're going to be tense on the sideline of course yeah. they're going to be passionate talking about i can't believe you didn't make this throw they came back right the next drive and we're and we're back on the same page uh, la last couple of things here nathan auburn ran the ball 36 times passed the ball 47 times now, a lot of those throws came late but uh tank bigsby was 16 carries who ran so effectively but there was a, a fairly good portion of the game where Auburn seemed to go away from the running game. Was that a mistake? Yeah, I mean, I said before the game, Tank Bigsby needed to get 15 to 20 carries, and he, and he settled right in that with yet another 100-yard performance. Um, he's a guy that if he doesn't get close to 20 carries – well, but, 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 but hold on, but, but hold on. But there was a period where he, that he was kind of in and out of the game, but did Auburn not run the ball enough? When, again, when you look at the numbers, they had some pretty good effectiveness running the ball. Yeah. Did, did, I, they, go, did they go away from that a little bit too soon, do you think? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um, I mean, I'm not ex extremely passionate about it either way or, or want to prove a big point either way. Um, I think, like you said, they did get in positions. This is now a game, this game and the Georgia game, you get yourself in a position down the stretch where you've got to start throwing the ball more um, because you start trailing toward the end of the game. And so, no, I think Tank Bigsby did a lot of really good things. DJ Williams did as well. Maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, I think Auburn still, as much as maybe Gus Malzahn doesn't want to admit it, this is a pass to set up the run team right now. And maybe because of the successes you're seeing with these running backs, maybe you should flip-flop it. I don't okay. know if Bonick should be throwing that many passes. When you look at Colin Hill's numbers, a starting quarterback at South Carolina, 15-24, 144, one touchdown, one interception, nothing special. Uh, however, when you look back at this game, Nathan, I, I, it didn't seem like Auburn's secondary really had a great day. He had a couple pass interference calls on Roger McCreary. And, and, and I think Auburn fans would say that both of those were questionable. Uh, however, Auburn gave up a long pass uh, on a, a third and deep late in the fourth quarter. He also had a face mask on Smoke Monday. Uh, Christian Tutt a couple of times got beaten once. Uh, on a shorter pass, missed the tackle, got juked a little bit, and the guy ended up getting 10 yards, would set up a touchdown, uh, keeping a drive going. Uh, this was supposed to be a strength of the team, and obviously everything starts up front, but it seems like the D-line uh, was, was a little bit better today, but the secondary struggled. Again, it's kind of – you feel weird saying that when you look at Colin Hill's numbers, but there weren't a lot of big plays when they really needed them, were there? No, there were a lot of mistakes, like you talked about, and there were a lot of missed opportunities, talking about guys taking bad angles, talking about guys getting face masks. I mean, you know, Owen Papo postgame kind of spoke for the entire defense, but, I mean, really when you look back at it and who made a lot of those mistakes, it was the secondary. 
saying he felt like they had a pretty good game most of the time. Then they would just make these, these dumb penalties and these mistakes. Even some of them, you know, they weren't flagged. It was just missing tackles and whatnot. I think the defensive line did perform much better this game. I thought Colby Wooden um, had a great game. Derek Hall was able to get some pressure. Big Cat Bryant was batting down passes. It's just kind of pick your, uh, pick your spot right now. It seems like a, a separate area of this Auburn defense is struggling yeah. each game. And the secondary got beat down the field a few times because of the PIs that were called. Yeah, Auburn just can't seem to put it all together right now. Last thing, Nathan, that final play, I guess Auburn was on the 12 or 13-yard line. Is that where they were? I can't recall. No, no, no. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. around there. 12, yeah, ended 12 or 13-yard line. That's right. And Bo Nix drops back, and there's three receivers out to the right, and he can't find anybody, and he just decides to run. That just seemed like a microcosm of the second half, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Bo Nix's happy feet are, you know, a product of, I think, some of his own shortcomings as well as the offensive line. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of trust in them. He kind of feels the pressure even when it's not there because he's just expecting the pressure. So he did a lot of good things on that last drive, and he, there were times it looked like he was going to take Auburn right down the field and score and try to tie up the game. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it was a perfect play-calling game for Auburn, and I don't think Bo Nix would be – satisfied with his performance in the in the slightest yeah sort of feast or famine with Bo Nix right now and, and somebody I know is calling him Bo Ricks in reference to the old FSU quarterback Chris Ricks that could never quite get FSU over the top every time he took a step forward he immediately take a step back and it feels like Bo Nix is kind of in that little bit of a uh, area right now for hopefully for him he can kind of get things head in the right direction because he did do some good things today but he also did some things that weren't so great that's it 30 to 22 South Carolina defeats Auburn next up for Auburn a road trip to Ole Miss it won't be easy none of them will be this year in the SEC for Nathan King this is Keith Niebuhr and this was a rapid reaction Auburn undercover podcast take care everybody and have a safe week old man winter here if I had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.